how's it going, man? How's COVID treating you? Dude, I hate to even talk about that because most people are like, oh, COVID, you know, this sucks, that sucks, this sucks. Like, I don't know if it's because I've worked remote for eight years. I don't know if it's because our agency is diverse enough that we're, we were able to weather a storm. I don't know if it's because of good leadership. I don't know if it's because I haven't gained the COVID-15 or 25 that everybody's talking about. Right. Um, I've lost during COVID. Like, it's treating me fine. You know, I mean, it, it could be because my wife has always gone out and gotten the groceries. I always hated to go to the store. But I guess the short answer is fine. I feel the same way to a certain extent. I mean, I'll admit that every once in a while, I feel like I hit a wall, this kind of stress wall of my you know, I know you're like me. You, yeah. you believe in science, you do the an analysis, and you realize this is not going to be over until we have not only a valid vaccine or one that works, but until 70 plus percent of the population is vaccinated. And, yeah. you know, even then, there's still going to be a hideous annual loss of life. And yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing like, I'm fine with. Okay, I'm going to put it like this. To me, there's never been a normal. Yeah. yeah. To me, the world, the, listen, the world was created in chaos, right? It, it, depending, no matter actually how you believe, it was either a big bang or like some crazy stuff happened and, and the world became like what it is out of chaos. And, you know, when I was growing up, chaos, uh, as I've been an adult, chaos. If the world didn't have chaos, there wouldn't be wars. If the world wasn't filled with chaos, it wouldn't be AIDS before COVID-19. Like, the thing is, is media and social media and the, the rate and speed in which the information can make it to the mass markets is like, good God right now. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I agree with you. Like, it's going to be a while. But here's the thing. If you don't look at life in how this has been portrayed of like, things will get back to normal. Things were never normal. Right, right. You had a false perception of what you thought was normal. Nothing was, you could wake up yesterday and died in a car accident. Is that normal? Yeah. You could wake up and all of a sudden your, your loved one of 20 years could be like, I want a divorce. That's not normal. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's just that like, COVID took it to where everybody, there was this visualization of an unseen enemy that all of a sudden, not the United States, not Germany, not Israel, not, you know, Italy, that the globe, the entire world was like, this is the enemy. That's, exactly. That's the, that's the only thing that's been different between like what practically would happen in the media and this is it's, it's everybody. Like it knows no about teenager. Don't care. Old fart. Don't care. Newborn baby. Don't care. Oh, this part of the world. Nope. Don't care. Yep. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And I usually don't talk about this. So what's weird is that like, I'm actually like vocalizing to you something that I haven't like ever talked about on the internet. And it all started like, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I, I hate to turn this to the subject of the podcast, but I kind of have to because I am yeah. the host of this thing. But yeah, yeah, you know, Don Stanley, a mutual friend of ours. He introduced me or his 
obsession with the Stoic philosophers, Marcus Aurelius and Seneca, yeah. Cicero, etc. He really kind of turned up the volume on that Stoic philosopher idea, or what is the foundation of Stoic philosophy, in my mind, and it really comes down to the only thing over which you have complete control is within yourself and the way you look at life and the way you look at challenges. And that's all you can do. And that's where I believe a lot of us have come to, which is I have no control over the virus, but yeah. I do have control over the way I approach dealing with it. And again, this is where I have to turn hard back to the subject matter of this <laughs> podcast. Sorry, but I do have to do this to say the same thing's true with your personal brand, which is yeah. the only thing, the only thing over which you have total control is your personal brand in the marketplace. Because let's face it, a lot of us have been faced with job challenges or yeah. just plain loss of a job because of this thing or you know, maybe you're furloughed for a while or you're working from home for the first time. Now, I'm like you, I've been working remote so long that to me, it's like, well, what changed? Um, I see my kids more because they aren't in school. That's it. Otherwise, yeah. it's the same darn deal. I will say that changed for me, too. I'm like, can you go back to school, please? Like, yeah, come on. But yeah, yeah. But I, I guess the point I want to make is that a lot of people like you mm were better prepared for what came because you had started something multiple years ago that a lot of people are discovering they need right now. And that yeah. is a brand in the marketplace that people at least have an idea about. And George B. Thomas, my guest today, well, yeah. not only does he have a personal brand, but he's got an association with a big brand within the social media space, specifically HubSpot, he doesn't work directly for them, but boy, you guys are attached at the hip when it comes to <laughs> presenting yourselves publicly. Can you just give a, a couple of seconds, not only on that, but also your relationship with Impulse Creative? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because uh, the waters that we're going to navigate today are kind of probably go across George B. Thomas, the personal brand, Impulse Creative, the agency brand. And then dip into, you know, HubSpot, uh, social media marketing world. There's other brands that when people think of me, they immediately go to. To the point that is craziest, you're right, DP, people think that I work for HubSpot. And I've never, never worked for HubSpot. I do work for an agency called Impulse Creative. And we are the best in the world at helping people with HubSpot, which means marketing automation, sales and marketing strategy, building a website on the HubSpot CMS so you can do all sorts of magical things around buyer personas, buyer's journey, all those like sales and marketing nerd terms that you hear. We're the best at the world to the point where we created our own startup inside of our agency called SprocketTalk.com. It's the you know largest unaffiliated HubSpot resource on the planet. And it's, it's just fun. Like I get to wake up every day and be me be me inside a company that I love, be me creating content that is helping the world or anybody who uses HubSpot in the world. And I just do it like, and I enjoy it and it's fun and I can't complain. And, and that's so much different than a lot of people who might be listening to this, who wake up and kind of the beginning of our conversation are like, holy crap, this world is crazy. Holy crap, I hate my job. Holy crap, why can't I find myself in a better place. 
And depending on the questions in this podcast, you're going to probably find answers to some of those holy craps that you might be dealing with right now. Well, and not the least of which is one that you've kind of talked about a little bit or touched upon, and that is you are associated with multiple brands, and yet you're a personal brand yourself. So yeah. I, I like to call that branding under an umbrella. Well, mm. maybe not so much with you because you are a little bit almost like an island outside of those brands as opposed to truly underneath them. I mean, with the exception of Impulse Creative, which you've got a tight relationship with. Yeah. But you're in orbit. I guess a, a better way to, to think of yeah. it is almost like you're in the same solar system and you're in that orbit with those other brands, but your brand is not hiding behind a, you know, some type of galaxy or something like that. Yeah. You're right in the mix. You're, yeah. you're right there and you are not afraid to share. And this, frankly, is what I want to talk about because yeah. to the listeners of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, you should know that I'm looking at him via Zoom video and I'm seeing a 80% sized version of the George B. Thomas that I met in San Diego. I mean, seriously, he has lost 20% of your body mass, maybe, maybe even more than that. Well, you can do the math. I'm not really the math guy, but I started out uh, nine months ago, DP, at 320 pounds. And I was I was ashamed or mortified to ever really tell the world, like, this is what I weigh. And, and the good thing is I hit it well because nobody would ever guess that, but 320 pounds nine months ago, the lowest weight I've been thus far in this journey is 250 pounds. Right now, I had like two weeks where I kind of slacked off and hey, it happens. But now, right now, I'm 255. But I'm on this journey of by next birthday, September 26th of next year, I had said 200, but I won away 185 wow. by my birthday because... 185 would be the weight that I weighed when I got out of boot camp when I was 18 and a half years old. And to be able to say at age 50, which by the way, everybody's like, wait, how old? At the age of 50, to be able to say I am at my boot camp fighting weight, there's just something really sexy about that to me. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by Culture Chicken Brand Egg. What's that? It's one of my most requested presentations, now available as in-person live or virtual online presentations. If you've got a group or association that loves presentations that inspire, inform, entertain, and get you going at the same time, we should talk. Head on over to dpknewton.com speaking to download my full speaker media kit today. And let's start talking about how I can help you get your party started. Yeah, well, in the huge goal that you put out there, I am so excited to hear that goal, which I had never heard of before, for yeah. you, because I'm a big believer in you got to see it to be it. And part of that is kind of, yeah, you've got to set goals, but I'm yep. becoming a big believer in you've got to set horrendously huge goals if you really want to achieve. And what I mean by that is you are <laughs> that goal you just talked about. That's not an unachievable goal. But it's a tremendously huge one for anybody, I hate to say it, but your age. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm an old fart. Let's just call it what it is. Like, yeah, well, you know. don't worry, man. I got you beat. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I, I, I really want to hone in on this, DP, because it's great 
to create these, you know, kind of BHAG, audacious, like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be nice dreaming of a day goals, by the way, write them down. However, once you write that goal down and you can visualize it on a daily basis, okay, by September 26, 2021, I'm going to 185 pounds. Now, I want you to think about that. It's measurable, it's specific, it's obtainable, right? It's a smart goal, okay? What you have to do next is you have to create the habits that are the daily, the weekly, the monthly habits that are actually gonna get you to that goal. And you have to create the measurements, the checks and balances that are gonna get you there as well. For instance, I know for every month, from this month on until my birth date, I have to lose six pounds a month. Think about that. Now my goal for October is to lose six pounds. That's it. I just need to lose six pounds in October. I'm not thinking about November. I'm not thinking about December. Just in October, gotta lose six pounds. By the way, for the rest of this month, gotta lose two pounds. Because when I started, it was like a little bit over, but getting back down, right? So now you've got, here's the big audacious hairy goal. Here's the habit. And here's the measurement to check if the habit is working or if you have to double down or press the gas a little bit or what. Now you've got those three things that you can focus on. There's one other one that you have to focus on, and that is you have to take time during your journey to stop, turn around, and look back, right? Because mentally there have been times, DP, where I have battled with, man, 260, I'm still fat. 250, I'm still fat. But if you stop and go, ooh, but 65 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Like 65, right? And one of the things that I do outside of this conversation is I have a whiteboard. I have multiple whiteboards, but I have a whiteboard over to my right here. And on the top, it says, I've come a long way since 2013. That's what the top of the whiteboard says. Because every time I walk in my office, I want to remember where this all started. Because I'm always so focused on where I need to get that I need that constant reminder and your listeners need that constant reminder of like, I don't care if it's two steps, 20 steps, 2000 steps, you better look at those steps that got you to where you're at now or else you're going to get burnt out. You're going to think that you haven't achieved what you've had. Like you got to pay attention to those four major things. You're speaking my language because the last time I saw you in the flesh was at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, literally days before lockdown started in March. And when I got back from social media marketing world, I started on my big goal, which was in 301 days, I'm going to write a new book that will be uploaded to Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing platform on January 1st of 2021, so that I will have a new book to market myself, to build and boost my brand in the new year. Well, in order to do that, I did what you're doing and I'm witnessing on Facebook, which is you are enlisting your entire family and follower network to hold you accountable. Yeah. The way I'm doing it is every night I come down here and I spend half an hour to an hour advancing the book forward. Some nights I'm writing. I've been watching you, bro. I've been watching. I like, I take little sneak peeks and I'm like, he's doing it. Yeah. Well, and Let me tell you, there were two nights I couldn't do it because I had Lyme disease. I mean, I was literally sick, sick, sick. And those nights I was like, I got to get downstairs. I got to work on this, but I physically couldn't do it. And then when I got down here after I was well enough to actually work on it, 
it just lit a fire under my butt even more because I felt like I had, I, I might've allowed myself one cheat day, but two in a row, no way. Got to right. keep moving forward. And again, like yeah. you, like you say, every month you got to lose six pounds. In my case, it was like every night, if I can write 500 words, by the time I'm done, I'm going to have a 250 to 300 page book and it will be done. And yeah. I will have accomplished something that very few people do. Yeah. One of the reasons I, I especially wanted to talk to you was about what I alluded to earlier, people keeping you accountable or you yeah. being accountable to people on Facebook because you faced some health challenges that necessitated this weight loss and everything. And, you know, I don't want to go into anything you don't want to talk about, but I do want to say that I'm staring at a picture of you on your Facebook feed right now where it says nice evening to walk to hit that 10,000 and that's 10,000 steps, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you've had a daily goal of 10,000 steps. Well, it? I tried to do 12,000 or more. And, and, and let me, let me, I feel like we got to back up to go forward if that's all right with you. Yeah, go ahead. One of the things that I want the listeners to understand is that if at any point in life you find yourself trying to slay that one demon that has always perplexed you and you've never been able to beat it, i.e. my weight, right? Right. You have to bring an army. You have to bring an army to slay that demon. And I'm going to tell you, my army is my Facebook friends, followers, and, and I'm just lucky because I have a lot of people because of, you know, doing HubSpot since 2012 and social media marketing world and just being who I am as, as what I hope people think is a good human. Like I have some friends and I have friends who care about me. And so when they found out that I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and that I immediately was going to make a change because not so much was it that I wanted to lose the weight because I had wanted to lose the weight almost my entire life, but I just didn't have the willpower. It wasn't important enough. I couldn't see what it was doing to my body to actually make the changes that now have felt absolutely like easy. And what's funny is I talk about them like they're easy, but then when I start to list them off, people are like, holy crap, bro. Like, and I'll get to that, but you have to bring an army to slay your demon. And so I knew that if I wanted to do this, if I wanted to be a healthier me, if I wanted to wake up in the morning and not hurt because I ate the wrong foods, drank the wrong drinks, made the wrong choices, that I needed some built-in accountability. And hey, I, to good or bad, I pretty much post everything. Like I post a lot of stuff just about here's what's going on in my life. And I knew if I was to come back and start posting pictures of Dunkin' Donut coffee, my audience would be like, bro, what, what the flip are you doing, dude? What are you yeah. doing? Like, if, and if I, you know, if I showed like this crazy meal from like Cheesecake Factory or something, why are you putting all that sugar in your system, right? Right. And so, so I, I, I also knew that there would be days that I would not feel like walking. And so I purposely, when I started this, would be like, hey, one mile, hey, two miles, hey, four miles. You know, one day I did 10 miles, dude, 10, I walked 10 miles. I would have never thought I would have done that in my life. I mean, I knew I walked over 10 miles in a lifespan, but not in one yeah, day, right? Right, not, right? Not in one walk. And so, so I knew that now there was this habit of people seeing that I was putting in this time, that I was taking this picture of the steps or taking this picture of the actual graphic and really been able to make it one day where I didn't say to myself, man, 
if I don't go out today and if I don't post something today, people will know that I'm slipping. And whether it be good or not, I don't want people to know I'm slipping. And it's more important that they see that I'm doing the work than sometimes I feel like I need to do the work. And that's what I put in place so that I would actually do the flipping work to be able to achieve this goal. Like hopefully people understand, like I reverse engineered the get off your butt dude and go to work like scenario with my Facebook group. Let me tell you, I've talked to some people who say that they don't like to put their goals out there because if they don't achieve them, they feel bad about it. I'm like, well, if you don't achieve them, that's because no one knew about it and held you accountable. Dude. I love that idea of enlisting your army to help you slay your demons. But I would also say invite the cheerleaders too, because let me tell you, once the people who love you know that you're doing something that will help not only you, but your family. Oh my gosh. Cheerleaders come out of the woodwork and they are there cheering you on every step of the way and holding you accountable when you don't show up. And that, I guess we're talking about three different functions. You got an army, you got cheerleaders, You also need the coach that comes out there and kicks you in the butt and gives you a pep talk and gets you out there the next day. Yeah. So listeners will recognize the voice of George B. Thomas, who's been on the podcast several times. You can see why I love having George on the podcast because boom, give you a topic and then look up and it's the end of the episode, which it is right now for this week. But don't worry. George and I will be back again next week, continuing this conversation where we go a little bit deeper into what I'm actually going to write about George in the book that I'm currently writing, because that's why I'm having him on the podcast again. George, where can people follow you online? Yeah, definitely. Uh, First of all, if you need some type of agency help, assistance, branding, whatever, website design, George at impulsecreative.com. That's right. I gave you my email address. I'm not afraid of it. But as far as social, you can go to Facebook. It's Mr. George B. Thomas. You can be one of those cheerleaders or one of those army folks that kind of sees what I'm doing to reach this goal at Twitter or on Twitter. It's at George B. Thomas and uh, LinkedIn is George B. Thomas as well. But to be honest with you, you're going to get the most engagement, the most of who I am, the most of like, hey, let's take on the world as a group on Facebook. So Mr. George B. Thomas. Yeah. And what you'll get when you go to that feed is you'll see a fair amount of his journey when it comes to becoming a more svelte George B. Thomas. But there's also some good sharing on there, especially about what HubSpot is, what it does, and also how Impulse Creative can help you. And by the way, I'm going to be contacting Remington Begg. Expect a bonus check in the mail because you've done a very good job promoting that organization. All right, that's it for this week. I'm DP Knuton for the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, and he is George B. Thomas. And we'll be talking at you next week. Bye-bye.